Welcome back to Behind the Scenes of the Event for Lives podcast. Dodge, how are you, mate? All good, mate. All yeah, good. wicked. I want to roll all the way back here, mate. I want to roll all the way back with you a little bit mm. and just learn a little bit more about what life was like as an entrepreneur back in the day compared to maybe how it would be now. A lot of guys, you know, my age and the younger generation, that everyone wants to be an entrepreneur nowadays. And I think it was very different probably when you were a youngster. And I just wondered what the, what the differences were. Mm when you were starting off in business? Yeah, well, I started off really young. I've never been employed, I've never had a job. So I started off really young, age of 10, selling, buying, in fact, selling tickets to the nightclub next door. We lived in a pub. So we're selling tickets to the nightclub next door and that's where it all started really. And it roll on another 30 plus years, you're, uh, I'm still doing the same thing, selling tickets, but at a festival, just at a bigger scale. But yeah, th when I was growing up, entrepreneur wasn't even a word. Hmm. It wasn't even a word, no one really used it. It was like, people were wheeling and dealing people were earning money people were in the markets earning money people were buying and selling things and really the entrepreneur sort of changed over the years when I was growing up it was Del Boy out of Only Fools and Horses and then you kind of the next sort of one was really, really Richard Branson who really took the entrepreneur title really and since then entrepreneur as we go now in 2023 and the last maybe last six seven years the word entrepreneur has really exploded yes yeah, everywhere now everyone wants to be an entrepreneur you could be a professional footballer professional rugby player you could play in a, a, a rock band you could be a DJ they all want to be an entrepreneur so it come full circle again but I don't know any different Josh I just know that I know how to make money and I guess people call that as an entrepreneur and it's an entrepreneur breaking down is just always looking for an opportunity curious right curious and asking questions and and, and opening doors and making sure everyone you meet is a contact um, and when you do those simple things really well and you can communicate really well there's not a better time than now to be an entrepreneur. I was going to say, do you think it's harder or easier now than back in the day to become an entrepreneur? I think it's a lot easier now. And the reason why I say that is because you've got the internet on your tips, your fingers. You've got social media on everywhere. You can open doors. You can become a global business very quickly. When I was growing up, there was no internet. <laughs> Fuck, I sound like an old man. I don't know. I'd, when I was a boy. No, yeah. but do you know what I'm saying? Like, when yeah. I grew up, there was no internet. Internet only came in the year 2000 really on the on the on the dot com and social media only really come about in 2008 still quite new now anyway really yeah you, businesses launching online it's all and I, I suppose back then it would have been all cash as well and it's a completely different world what, mm, what, what your yeah. thoughts on the whole you know people going cashless now and you, you used to just deal pound a man yeah mate it's all cash mean? my whole life has been cash and all of a sudden you've, you're now in this crazy world since the pandemic and since covid and since now we're in a recession people say we're not but trust me we are and we're going to get deeper into it in 24 um some people aren't want to hear that but if, if you can protect yourself knowing what we're about to go into i've been in a recession i've also been in 2000 i've also been with the twin towers in 2001 and i've experienced different feelings in business and there's definitely a feeling coming about now um obviously the interest rate's going up so if you've got a mortgage and all of a sudden you're on a fixed rate and you know you're paying a grand a month, for example, you're going to jump off your mortgage because that runs out, you can go onto a variable rate, and you might be paying three and a half grand a month. You know, by us leaving the UK, but going with Brexit, we're now paying big uh, taxes on all our food coming into the country. Remember, we're an island. Everyone's got to get imported into us. You know, so there's lots of things rising the whole time, like energy, cost of living, and we are properly in a cost of living, they say the word crisis, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to use the word crisis. We're in a cost of living where the cost of living's gone up, and maybe we're living on a uh, uh, maybe we're living for many years when the costs weren't as high, and everyone thought oh, this is hunky dory, this is lovely because our supermarkets before all these prices have risen, I thought they were really cheap. 
you know, to get all this stuff imported in from, like, I got my fridge last night, I counted, like, 14 different countries. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous, really, yeah, it's when you think man. about it. We're, we're really privileged, you know, um, where we are at the moment. And I think the press just really doom and gloom everything. But actually, when you break it down, the amount of mo money we borrow on our houses is ridiculous. You know, if we just said you bought a £500,000 house, you're borrowing £400,000 at 1%, everyone's like, yeah, just keep borrowing, keep borrowing. We're living in a false economy. Mm, you can't borrow at 1%. You know, before 2008, the last recession, the interest rates were like 5 6%. That was real. It's only because they've dropped down to 1% for the last, God knows, a decade plus that everyone's going, life's good, life's easy. All of a sudden, when life doesn't become a little bit easier, reality kicks in. And this is where we find ourselves now. But going back to your point, cash is king. Still. Cash is king. It always has been. It always has, always has been for all of my life. But now we're coming to a point where there's no cash in our society. And this has happened a lot quicker. I said last year, I said cash will be out of this society within a year or so. Everywhere I go now, people aren't taking cash. You go into a cafe, you go into a restaurant. Sorry, mate, it's card only. You go to a bar, you go to a pub. Oh, it's card only. You go to festivals, it's card only. Everywhere you go, you go into taxi, card only. And it's going to have a, a huge knock-on effect, This the world we're in at the moment. Because if you're a restaurant, bar, nightclub, taxi driver, chicken kebab shop owner, whatever it may be, you are used to taking cash alongside card. Where the majority would always be 100% cash, and as the year's gone on, it's gone 50% cash, 50% card, and everyone's happy with that. It's now going 95% card 5% cash and 2024 it'd be like 99% and 1% do you think it adjusts people's spending habits by having cards only because personally I use Apple Pay and I know for a fact if I had all my money in cash I'd spend it a lot differently okay and I think it's changed the way that people even the young generation spend money because they don't value money as much because you don't see it yeah I agree. when you've got uh, let's say 500 quid in your wallet you know that's 500 pounds there and you're, you're actively spending it. You're taking out your wallet, you're giving it over and you're yeah. getting your change. Now, it takes two seconds, tap your phone, click, done. Yeah. You've, you've taken 500 quid off me. Yeah. I just, I don't know how it's gonna move forward and people are gonna manage their money because, I mean, from someone that's been in that transition, do you think it's dangerous? Really dangerous. I think it's really dangerous. And also people don't understand the value of a pound note. Agree, yeah. The generation below who have never, maybe if you're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you might not have really seen cash. You're not going to understand the value of a pound note. You're going up with your Apple Pay, which I'm a culprit of this now. That the Apple Pay, I think it's an amazing thing. too easy, right? I think it's, it's an amazing thing. I'm going into the restaurant shops to the wallop, tap, wallop, tap, wallop. It feels like I'm having everything, everything's for free. It's free yeah. it's like, oh my God, yeah. this is crazy. But if you haven't got a pound note or you are on the breadline or money's tight, your easy spending like that is going to get you into trouble because all of a sudden then you're going to get into debt which majority of the country are in debt. So it's a, it's, it's a, cash was a very good upbringing of learning the value of a pound note. You went to work as a glass collector in a boozer. You went to work in a restaurant, you did a shift. You would get your 50 pound cash. You walk away and that's in your pocket and you feel like you're a multimillionaire. You're like, happy days, I've got that for the week. And I know that, that out of that 50, every time I go to the bar, if someone worked out, you go to the bar and you hand over a tenner and you get your pint and you get your six quid back or four quid back, five quid. You're like, I've just spent a pint and that's what it's worth, you know. And that's what's gonna, that's what is gonna cause even more debt in this country. And I think what we're coming to at the moment is the whole 
of the UK, probably the world, but I can only speak for the UK, is that so many people in debt. There's so much debt out there. The country's in debt. The football clubs are in debt. Sport is in debt. Businesses are taking out huge loans against their businesses, which puts them in debt. You know, everywhere I look around me, it's just debt, 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 debt. It's, it's, it's bonkers. You know, and I think what's happened with going back to the cash, Josh, is people who are in a cash business, that's drying up. When they were uh, the owner of their business, say if you're a florist outside the train station, you know every Friday all the blokes are going to walk by and buy a £30 bunch of flowers and you know you're going to earn a grand. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I guarantee you that person who's a florist there won't be putting a grand through the books. So out of that, all of a sudden, that's changing. Everything's by card. There's no rainy day money for people to keep anymore. Mm. You know, if you were whatever industry you're in, there was rainy day money. We go, okay, we're going to keep that. That's our little buffer now, little buffer. What's happening now is the corporation tax. So if you're a business and you earn a hundred grand profit that year, corporation tax means you've got to pay the government 19% of that. It's crazy, isn't it? This year now, they're jumping up to 25%. They're squeezing all the business owners even more. And on top of that, those business owners have got to pay higher tax and also there's no cash there for their rainy day. So it's a double whammy right now. So this is why I believe, you know, in my opinion, I don't know whether I'm right or wrong, I'm just going on my gut. But this is why I believe a lot of businesses are gonna really, really struggle this year. Mm. And also the costs are rising hugely. So if you're running a business, your costs are going up massively, whether it's heating, whether it's whatever it is, whether you are using accountants, whether you are using lighting, sound, everyone staff, wants more. Yeah. yeah, staff wants I more, police want more, police want more, security want more, taxis prices have gone up. When you go and get a, 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 a Nando's when it used to be eight quids all in or something, and now you're paying 13, 14, 15, that's all going up. So before you know it, everyone is getting squeezed at every angle. So I think there's gonna be a huge crash. Mm, I think the the main way I've seen it is like the high street, for example. When I was a kid growing up in the high street, the high street was brilliant. You had every everything you need there. Now you walk down the high street, there's shops closing down, there's coffee shops, a Greg's, yeah. and a bank. And yeah. even the banks are going now. Yeah. There's There used to be like five banks down by yeah. high street. There's probably two now, because yeah. they're all moving online. It's like the value of the high street is definitely disappearing. Hugely, and, and that's, that makes me really sad. They're small businesses, aren't they? They're mostly. all small businesses. And you've got to remember, entrepreneurs are the ones that make this world tick over. They're the ones who are employing. They're the ones who are creating new businesses. They're the ones that are identifying things that need to be improved. Giving jobs, providing jobs for Absolutely. the local area as well. Yeah, Absolutely. 100%. And if the councils are squeezing them for their rents and their business rents and the rates and everyone's getting squeezed. Everyone is getting squeezed. So to earn a pound note in business, <clears throat> profit, net profit after you paid everything, is bloody hard. It's really difficult. Yeah? Right, yeah. It's only going to get harder. It's only going to get harder. And I, I find it really sad when I go down the high street. For example, go down Bournemouth, a lot more homeless, a lot more drugs, a lot more crime happening. Knife crime's coming, growing, growing even greater across the country, which is really sad. Mm. Nightclubs are on their ass. Bars and restaurants are closing like there's no tomorrow. And how are people, make, make, how are people trying to make ends meet? I do not know. And if you've got a lease on a restaurant or a bar or whatever it may be on a, a location in a town and you've got a 15-year lease and you're only two years into it, if you don't earn any money, you, you're due your landlord that next to 13 years. He still wants his 
pound no. Here's a, here's a question. You, you're in the nightclub industry for ha l a long period of, of time yeah. when you started out in business. Yeah. And it's fair to say that they have been squeezed quite a lot during the pandemic, for example. If you were running a nightclub now, or even if you owned one, what would you, obviously we can't give like financial advice, but what would you actually do in this situation where you've got the recession happening, it's going to get worse. The punters aren't coming in the door as much. You've obviously got your freshers, which is, we've just had happen. But you look at the rest of the year and it's like, well, how do we grow from here? I, I, I'd just be interested to know from someone who was in that industry and you've built a business during recession, what would you do now? If I was a nightclub owner, <clears throat> yeah. close the doors. Really? 100%. Close the doors. Your heating bills, your security bills, your bar staff, all the stock you're buying, all the, all, all the, all the vodka, all the beers, all of, that, all of that price has risen up hugely. Everything's risen up. And what's happened is it's since the 2000, there's a, there's a section of about two or three year old, between two or three years of that sort of 17, 18, 19, 20 year old who've never been out. They don't know that you go and have drinks at seven o'clock in the bars and you do a bar call and then you go to a nightclub at 10, 30, 11. They don't even know that. No, I think that that habit has changed, definitely. Everyone's staying at home. Yeah. Everyone's staying at home till 11, 30, buying all the booze in for drinks, uh, having drinks, having a laugh, being warm, dancing, whacking some tunes on, staying up till three, four in the morning, probably talking a load of bollocks to each other, wake up <laughs> the next day. That's it now. That's, deal the, with, yeah. that's the British night out now, yeah. really. In, in this current generation, I think f the majority of people I know would go to the pub at most, yeah. spend the night in the pub and then go home. Yeah. The, the, the whole, let's go pub early, have a few drinks, then go nightclub. It's yeah. not, that journey isn't there anymore yeah. unless you've got something big like Freshers, which is just going to happen yeah. regardless. But There'll be one it's club scary. in the town. Yeah, yeah. There'll be one club in the town that does well. But back in the, when I was growing, there was like three or four big clubs and everyone's competing against everyone. You'd hop between each one yeah, during well, the night. What, what's happening in, in the cities where all my, my pals are all around in different cities, whether it's Manchester, Birmingham, there's just people who's going, right, there's one, or even born for going to one. We're going to Barso, and that's packed out on Friday, Saturday night. But there's no midweek trade anymore. This is pretty much dead on Friday everywhere. So there's just one night. As a nightclub, you can't earn a living paying full-time staff, paying all your taxes, paying everything you need to do, national insurance, pension, all that, just to rely on one night. So you're best off just going, you know what? Take it on the chin, close it. That's scary, man. It's scary. It's scary. Do you know what annoys yeah. me about the whole thing, Josh, is that it's part of our culture. It is you know, massive. I grew up massively. in the in the pub. I lived, grew up living above pubs, as you know, around London as a kid. I then grew up going into nightclubs, going into Ibiza at 17 years old and going there every year for the next last 30 years. This is a culture that we've we've lost you know, the culture from the rave scene in the late 80s, when you go to a field or you go to a big warehouse, and then that culture coming into the club scene in the early 90s, you know, 92, 93, that rave scene, the acid house scene, that was part of our culture. When you think about that, 93, and you think now we're in 2023, that's 30 years, 30 years, and this nightclub world may never come back again. Yeah, that's mad. <clears throat> that's the scary thing. But I saw it when I was in the game from 93 when I started <clears throat> properly partying. And we'd party on the weekend where people buy mix mag and you travel to every club in London. we go to that club this weekend. Everyone mm -hmm. would get doled up for the night and plan their night and where they're going. We're going back to your mate's house. You know, carry I'll on. Cruise a lot, yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd plan all that. So you go to wicked clubs to hear proper good DJs and stuff. But that's all fizzling out. Even the big clubs in London now fizzling out. You know, and it really, it hurts me, you know, in that our culture our British culture of pubs and clubs are fizzling out and fading away. And you think they'll they'll start 
petering out and closing down. Well, what's up? that's what's been happening. They're going to be forced that's to, what's been happening. You think about the pandemic, everything's been closed for 18 months. That killed it massively. But even before that, let's not fool ourselves. <clears throat> even like leading up to 2000 and... So I was in the club going from 1999 to 2008. So I did a 10-year stint. And we had clubs all around the UK. We had 12 parties each week, every single week in different cities. That's when we had it off. When the smoking ban come in, I can't remember what year it was, it was mid-2000s, I think, and then the, and then the late licence come in, what people would do, <clears throat> people then who went to your nightclub would have to go outside and have a fag. Mm. That ruined the atmosphere. And then I sensed something happening. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then you'd have the late licences come in. So what would happen between 7pm and 10.30, everyone go to all the bars, Late licensings mean that those bars would normally have to close at 11 and now closing at 2, 3 o'clock, which is competing against your nightclub. People are just going there. They're just staying there. It was more normal to go out for a, a cigarette at a bar, mm. at a pub, and then go back in with your mates rather than... There's uh, that, or I remember whenever I'm smoking inside. Yeah. You know, you, when I'd go to work, I'd come back the next morning, my clothes are stinking of cigarettes. I never smoked in my life, but mm. stinking of fags. And then overnight, it just stopped. And then you used to go in the nightclub working and you just stink mm. of breath and just people just disgusted yeah. like sticky beer and da, da, da. So yeah. actually yeah, the, the, the cigarette days actually did, did everyone a favor <laughs> it took the smell away <laughs> took but the smell yeah there's there's lots of things changing and i feel this world's changing really really quickly and i'm not sure i'm not sure i hate to say this i'm not sure britain's as great as it used to be mm. and i never wanted to be that person I never wanted to be that person when my old man's going, it's like, I never used to be as good as it used to be. I and mean, your granddad would get a call when I was a kid. But actually, when I look in, if I just took myself out and looked into our country, it's not as great as it's as Forgetting it, as it nostalgia and whatever, and you just look Agreed. overhead and you're like... History, we've got loads of history, it's amazing. We've got great sport, we've got great London, we've got some great cities and stuff. But actually... I think you're right, it's the culture, mate. It's the yeah. culture of, of, of that clubbing scene, which yeah. is... Uh, yeah. Horrible. <laughs> mm. I could talk about the nightclub world, festival world for, for, for hours, Josh. I know yeah, this sure. is a sort of like a behind the scenes and stuff, but yeah, mate, there's, there's, it's, a, it's a different place we live in now than it was even to 2019 before the pandemic. Mm. 2019, was it, really? everything was flying. Everyone was loving life. We were having good weather. It was, it was, it was doing really well, you know, and the, the interest rates were low. People were buzzing. People had money in their pocket. People splashing out splashing cash out and wherever they go in. It's crazy in. how much it can change. Yeah, it's it changed very quickly. Years, and yeah. that's the scary thing. It's changed so quickly. Mm. And it's going to change even quicker with AI. AI is going to change this world and it's changing it very quickly right now. And that is probably the <sighs> most scariest thing. And that's a whole nother. That's, that's a, a whole, whole nother subject episode. we can let, talk let's, about. Let's move on to the, the yep. podcast this week. Yep. We've, um, we've had James Brown in this week. Yeah, Jimmy Brown. God, that was an amazing one. He, he, right, <laughs> orchestrated while in prison for a helicopter to land in the prison grounds for an escape. That's crazy. That's that's like Netflix that's movie. That's Netflix movie stuff, yeah. right? And yeah. his story is wild. I'm not going to give too much away, but yeah, he has lived an eventful though. life. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Yeah, we look forward to uh, releasing that one. People yeah. will, will definitely, definitely enjoy yeah. that story. We're also obviously celebrating the 1,000th day of, of, of really taking this podcasting game seriously um, for the last whatever. 12 months and and, and that yeah. on, on audio. So yeah. how's Three that Three years, mate? mate. Yeah. Three years. It's been amazing, mate. I've loved this whole journey. Loved the whole journey. And we when we started out on the journey, it was a bit of fun. But what we've done has been consistent. Every single Wednesday, we've released an episode with an amazing guest. And we didn't know, I didn't have a clue about this business model. 
I didn't have a Scooby about podcasts. I didn't, didn't even listen to a podcast before we started, you know. But mm. to hit a thousand days, um, a big shout out to Dan Bering. Yeah, Dan. From the what start, he did all the audio for the first two years and was here every single day and we were working very closely. And then a big shout out to you, grabbing it for the last, you've been on board since January the 1st this year, which is your 10 months, 11 months in now. And you've grabbed it and grabbed the YouTube channel and you grabbed the shorts and you've taken it to a, a whole no, new level again, new level again, Josh, you know? Yeah. So, no, it's been a great journey. It's yeah. been really, really good. Um, very exciting to see what happens with it now. Yeah. We, we're growing. I think you did a LinkedIn post this week, um, which got a lot of traction and yeah. people people loved it and the feedback was brilliant. Yeah. The one thing that stuck with me that you said there was that we've been aggressively patient yeah. for the last three years. Yeah. And that is so true because yeah. there's been so many opportunities where we could have fast forwarded things, gone yeah. quicker, quality could have dropped, but we didn't. Yeah. We've, we've stayed at the quality we're at because we know that's that's what we care about. Agreed. We want to be putting out content that we think, God, you know what? That was worth it. All the graft, all the hours we put into yeah. it, getting the guest on, editing it, the trailer. We look back at the end of the week and go, do you know what? Regardless of how the video does, we're just happy that we've produced a piece of work that yeah. we're proud of. And I think that, that we reap the benefits of that now because people can see that. We've kept our standards um, really high. We've kept our standards so high, every single level. Uh, uh, level and you've got to think about it when I've made that comment on LinkedIn about us being aggressively patient that's the truth because in business if you are not patient one it can really play mind games with you but two business takes time and I just saw this as a I'll oh, give it a go see what happens but what I do know from my past experience of the last 25 30 years of creating successful businesses is that we can do the same to this one you know, and we're now three years and a thousand days and it's really popped. It's really sort of everyone, mm. you know, being on the on the Apple charts and, and just doing really well with all the views we get and all the amazing reviews and the comments. And it's just a nice place to be. Yeah. And, it's, and I think it's out of all the five businesses that have created over the last years, over the last 20 plus years, this is the one of the most exciting. And it's the one of the most streamlined. Mm. You know, you 100%. don't, you know, like... When you're putting on a festival, you have eight full-time staff all year. And you can only earn your money in those three days of the year. That's what you call risk. All your money's up front. And then you're trying to earn all your money on those three days of the year. This is like a continual each week, launch a new one. New episode comes out, does really well. Get paid by YouTube. Get sponsors on board. Get paid by TikTok. And it's a really nice business model with mm. a very small team. It's quick as well. And but, but we've been patient during that quick yeah. period where... We've as soon as one's come out, we're thinking about the next one and we're yeah. working towards that next one. Yeah. And we're just reaping the benefits of it now, which is really and I've got to actually give props to you, mate, because coming on board at the start of January, the main thing you drawed into me was standards. Yeah. And bringing other people onto the team now and, and reviewing work and seeing how that's worked. The standards are the same thing that we keep to every week. Yep. And if we didn't have that and we let that slip, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't be happy with ourselves at the end of the week. Okay. So the main thing that you taught me is that. Mm. So I Devil, appreciate that, mate. Devil's in the detail. 100%. Never let anything slip by or slip, slip through in business if it's not 100% you're happy with the design. The little tweaks can make a huge difference. Oh, we've tweaked so much. Yeah. People probably don't know that, but we, we spent hours during the week just looking at thumbnails, titles, and we'll go through it for like two, three hours How straight. How much fun. So it's, much fun. It is fun. It is really fun. because And, and you leave and your brain's dead because you're mm. like, trying to think of these creative things for people to click on yeah. and it's you get a lot of fulfillment out of it especially yeah. when you see the results and yeah. again that's just a really it's a time-consuming job that we really enjoy because we know 
that it's going to improve us. It gets results. Us yeah, it gets 100%. results. And you see the results instantly. Forget your Instagram. Forget your TikToks. That's all great. The real podcasting and the podcasters, it's about YouTube. It's about YouTube because they're the channel that pay you. They're the channel that is owned by Google. It's the second biggest search engine on the planet. It's about YouTube. I think a lot of people may get fooled by these big numbers on TikTok and you might get something, it's three million. We've had all this, three million, five million, yeah. seven. We've had all of these great numbers, but actually, does it turn into a pound note? Because mm -hmm. this costs money. Yeah. Putting podcasts, if you're a podcaster, you are going to lose a minimum of about 30 grand a year if you are doing video content as well. But you've got to be prepared to lose that until you get to a level where you build up a fan base and people are really enjoying you as a host and really enjoying your guests and really enjoying your style, really enjoying your content, really enjoying your social media posts. And you build, you have to build up a fan base and a community, hmm. which you know very well. And that's that's the main thing I'm proud of this year is that yeah. we, we genuinely, we love YouTube because we come every Wednesday and the comments are so great. Yeah. There's people there you see in the comments every week that mm. are just re waiting for the video to drop. And yeah. that's the best feeling in the world because it means that the hours we spend doing this, it makes it all worth it. Yeah, I agree. And we could talk about podcasting. You know what? We should do an episode purely on podcasting, the dark side of podcasting. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of things. And it's a, it's a game. We said that from it's the a start. Huge it's game. a massive game. How do you know if a podcast is doing well, Josh? Generally, when we are getting a nice amount of views and engagement yeah, is the, the main metrics. For engagement. Us. Engagement, engagement, click community, through, click through rate is a massive one, and the comments. Yeah, com com if you've got comments on the video, you've got a nice amount of views, and you've got a really good conversion from. You click know, you're rate. building a great community. Hundred percent. Yeah, and the fact that uh, week in week out, people are turning up. Yeah, because we're turning up. Yeah, that is the best indicator that we are building something. Do you know how I tell if I how I personally tell if a podcast a podcast is doing well or not? The way I look at it is never look on those social media things like someone's blown up with five million, four million, da 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 da. Mm -hmm. That's all great. It's a nice chance. little bonus. A little chance, yeah. The only way to tell if a podcast is doing well is go onto their YouTube channel, look at the amount of subscribers, look at the amount of views they get, and look at their engagement in the comment section. That's number one. And number two, the only other way you can tell is by going on Apple Podcasts to have a listen of a podcast. Look at their reviews and then read their written reviews. That's the only way you can tell if a podcast That's is succeeding. Because someone's taking time out of their day. Agreed. And a lot of the time, they're not little reviews. Like no. People are leaving paragraphs yeah. and we read all of them. Yeah. And it's the best feeling in the world Agreed. when you get that response. Awesome, mate. Right, well, we'll catch up next week. I enjoyed Thank that, Josh. That. Yeah, that was I, don't nice, know what's I never know what's coming when no, we turn we up here. No, we just sort of went on there. Yeah, wicked. I really enjoyed it, mate. I enjoyed we'll it too, mate. Week. Good man. Take care, Cheers, Josh. Bye, mate.